0: I'll tell you something, Rasta. I didn't come up here to forget who I am and where I come from. And neither did I. I'm just trying to be the best I can be. So am I. And the best I can be is Jamaican. Look, the I've known you since Julie Jeffries asked to see you ding a and I'm telling you as a friend, if we look Jamaican, walk Jamaican, talk Jamaican, and is Jamaican, then we show as hell better bobsled, Jamaica. Yeah! Come yeah. right. <laughs> hey, Jamaica. University. No people don't <laughs> sleep, but I <laughs> Jamaica, we have a bobsled team. <laughs> no people say I'm doing a can't believe Jamaica, we have a bobsled team. We have the one to eat one junior. Thank you two brother, and the man tanker. The bosses are the bosses of Jamaica Sprinter. Respect to the man her Litter. Like you say, I'm moving, it's terror. Like you say, except for my shoes.
1: Yeah, but can lightning run on ice? This week, a Disney movie. Named after a sled. Maybe the second most famous movie that involves the name of a sled. Snowball Express, Dean Jones, 1977. Not that one. Damn it. I'm not a sled, but my name is Kevin. I'm joined as always by Jim. I am a sled. Hey now, (laughs) I am sled. I'm sled. Ride me down Ice Shoot please. Uh this is the Pool Scene podcast where we want to get a jump on the 2026 Winter Olympic Games in Milan, Italy. Yeah. To do that, we are covering 1993's Cool Runnings directed by John Turteltaub. Turteltaub has directed a lot of stuff we've mentioned recently. Three Ninjas, Phenomenon, National Treasure 1 and 2, The Meg, a bunch of stuff. Cool Runnings is the final John Candy film least while he was still alive it was scored by hans zimmer and its theme the jimmy cliff's cover of i can see clearly now reached number 18 on the u.s billboard hot 100 good cover man It's very, very loosely based on a true story of the nineteen eighty-eight Jamaican Bob Slay team. Yeah, yes,
2: yeah, Slay. S-L-E-I-G-H.
1: Yes. not it, Bob Sled. No, it's not Bob Sled. The whole movie says Bob Sled, but it's Bob Slay. So already right there, there's like a logic. Some issue. people say you know you can't believe Jamaica. We are the Bob Slay
2: team. Dude. It works. That's great. It's almost like you're a guy named Bob who kills people. <laughs>
1: Bob Slay. Bob Slay. You slay Bob. Some key differences between the real story and the movie. The other countries welcomed Jamaica. Everything. Yes, pretty much. The other countries welcomed Jamaica with open arms and were happy to provide them gear and anything they needed. It's actually legal to add weight to your sleigh. Weight is actually a safety measure and sleighs and their crews are weighed to fall in between a minimum and maximum range. Okay. So you need to add weight if you don't meet the minimum.
3: All right. 16 years ago, I made the biggest mistake of my life. I cheated. I was stupid. I embarrassed myself, my family, my teammates, my country, and my coach. If it's revenge you want, take it. Go ahead. Disqualify me. Banish me. Do whatever you want, but do it to me. It was me who let you down, Kurt. It wasn't my guys.
2: In this one, you're kicked out of the country. Yeah. You're considered a fat piece of shit, and you end up in Jamaica banging on dogs.
1: I didn't take any notes about this, but they do go after John Candy's weight in this a lot.
2: Dude, they just poke fun of his weight constantly.
1: Yeah, because I'm guessing they just, they cash John Candy because they wanted John Candy. I think we'll get into that, but it's just crazy that they're like, man, you really let yourself go. They might as well say like, you fat fucking cow.
2: And the bad thing, this is uh, a year and some change away from him dying. Yeah. John Candy was always a big guy. Yeah, but sure. here exceptionally does not look good. No,
1: they put him in a all. lot of layers and he looks
2: very large. Very bad. I haven't seen this picture
3: in 20 years. Huh. <laughs> Would you look at me then?
0: Ooh
2: you look at me now and this had to have some sort of weighing in his mind where they're just constantly nitpicking at his weight and he probably laughed it off i mean as a comedian that shit is gonna eat at you inside
1: the movie says that jamaica are the only tropical climate team to compete which isn't actually true they're the only caribbean country to compete but the netherlands antilles and u.s virgin islands also competed and the philippines competed in other winter events and nobody cares nobody cares it doesn't count
3: we'll take another look at the Jamaican start. Now,
1: when you talk about it being a
3: team sport, here is where all the teamwork comes into play. Yeah, the Keystone Cops, the Chinese fire drill, whatever you want. Look at that last step. That's not a power step. Again, this is the inexperienced Lennon. It's like saying, get out of my seat. He's talking right there. Look, that is a big win for windfall be going down at the start.
0: Here we go, guys.
3: If they make it. They're in one piece. Just another piece of the pie, another bit for them to remember about their first venture in Olympic bobsledding.
1: The real team was not comprised of sprinters or pushcart drivers. Or a guy named Senka Coffee. No, or Yule Brenner. (laughs) Uh... (laughs) <laughs> who was a white
2: actor yeah. who was known for playing uh, somewhat cultural appropriation yeah. type roles, but mainly a cowboy.
1: Yule Brenna. Wait until we get into the casting for this. You yeah. will, you'll appreciate it. An interesting thing that I think they should have worked into this movie is that when the real Team Jamaica arrived in Calgary, one member of the Jamaican team could not stop partying and enjoying the nightlife. He was a real Spuds McKenzie or even a Slurms McKenzie, if you will. They kicked him off the team and they had to fly in another team member's brother to take his place. So an alternate, like in Gladiators. Yes, but they had to fly in this alternate at the last minute because the one dude just gets to Calgary. Now I'm drinking. And I mean, like, I'm in Canada. I don't care about this bobsled There's shit. There's
2: snow. Let's do it. I'm going to do naked
1: snowman. Yeah next week. I can't wait to do some naked snowmen. Uh, and the crash was not caused by mechanical failure. It was actually caused by being inexperienced and a poor turn. So
2: they just... <laughs> so... They suck. They suck. But sucked. in a Disney movie, we can't show that they
1: suck. Yeah, right, exactly. It's not on them. Well, that's like the whole part of the movie is like, they returned as equals. It's like, yeah. the, no, the four Jamaican guys probably should have not been bobsledding. No, they never should have. There was a lot of conflict between Disney and the cast over the accent. The cast wanted to do very authentic jamaican accents but disney insisted that the audience needed to understand every word clearly john total Taub literally told them and was quoted as saying i'm going to get fired if you don't sound like sebastian the crab <laughs> please don't get me fired
0: i'm gonna take a hot bath i'm getting cold just thinking about all this ice no mind. you're gonna be part of my bobsled team what you need me for who is the best push car driver
3: In all of Jamaica. You're looking at him. Then you got to do it. No! Hey, man, you could be famous. You could have your picture on a Wheaties box. But you said no, and that's all right. Because I don't need you. Everybody is going to want to be on my bobsled team
1: so they had to do an americanized version of the jamaican accent and not because racist if you notice, at all. the accent is not very strong junior beville yeah it's very uh something yeah so jim it's a disney joint le- yeah it's a disney joint and disney leaving only enough of a hint for it to be considered based on a true story so how did audiences react please give us budget box office news and number one's at time of release <laughs>
2: W-U-A-B, Channel 43, where the news comes first. This is the 10 o'clock news. As we have our first major snowfall here in the northeast of Ohio, Kuraninsman came out October the 1st, 1993, to a $17 million budget, made
1: $155 million at the box office. So at the time, this was Disney's highest grossing live action film. And I will say, I don't really get much
2: Disney from the majority of this movie. No. Hence why I always prefer Disney live action movies because I wasn't inundated with you know, Disney characters or some sort of goofy shit. I just appreciated movies like this. It was great. And it made me want to become a bobsled driver for at least an hour and a half. However, something was number one with Disney and it was your number one releases at Blockbuster. Aladdin. Okay. One of Kevin and I's personal favorites that we're going to cover here eventually sidekicks Ooh. and groundhog day. Nice. Very good. Top three lineup. Actually I've been wanting to watch Aladdin again. Surprisingly, I have seen Aladdin. Have you seen the live action version? No, I don't I want actually, to. I like it. Really?
1: Yeah. It's actually really good.
2: I remember when I worked at Best Buy, when that came in, nobody bought it. Like we had a display on top of the other shit that was in line. Nobody bought it. Will the Smith. picture of
1: Will Smith. Will Smith fucks. The genie fucks. He fucks? Yeah. Does he really make sex? Yeah, he's kids. Wow. That's a different spin on Aladdin. Genie fucks. Spoiler. Now. Sorry, everybody. Oh, that's hot. That's hot. Fuck no.
2: Can they make a Sega Genesis version of that where you can. Genie Fox. You can fuck. It's a mini game. That'd be great. A mini fuck game. That'd be awesome. Also, while we are here, Kevin, I don't know if you're going to cover this later, so I can always take this baby out. But since this did happen at the 1988 Calgary Olympics, here are the results. Whoa. The results of, as Kevin pointed out, the bobsleigh four man men's results. There is a two man and a four man bobsleigh. I'm calling a bobsled, I'm sorry. Two-man, four-man bobsled. So here results. The Swiss win gold, followed up by the German Democratic Republic or the DDR. East Germany, how you like a Jamaica? Fuck that guy.
1: Ah, uh, Blitzy. You going to tucks him in, <laughs> Hey,
0: seeming to you like nobody likes us. We're different. People are always afraid of what's different. Hey, Jamaica! Watch out for number 12
3: turn. Scary, huh? What's his problem? He's Joseph Gruel. He's one of the best drivers in the world. He's one of the biggest assholes in the world, too. Well, don't listen to him. You listen to me.
2: And then finally, the bronze go to the Soviet Union. We, the Americans, finished fourth. And I'm sorry, Soviet Union team one, because you can have multiple teams. You have one or two teams per country. Soviet Union team one won bronze. Team two was fifth. The Jamaicans were the only ones to be disqualified, finishing 26th and last. They could not keep it upright to beat the Portuguese or the Bulgarians.
1: So, Bulgarians, two things. One, well, three. Why wasn't Bulgaria as good as Russia? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, how was Bulgaria bad and Russia so good? You think they would have um, got some Soviet satellite help? Sure. Two, the East German guy. Yeah, Josef uh, Gruel. I love that he is like ripping a dart, dude. He's you always know because it's like a Disney movie and it's like the dude's ripping a dart.
2: I love the fact that okay, he's East German. I get the name Josef. Yeah, that's fine. It's Germanic. Gruel, like there <laughs> well, is a what, Disney staple
1: right there. Gruel for Mean yeah. Girls. Or gruel from a prison cafeteria so and then the other thing i wish jamaica would have inspired like a congolese bobsled team and like <laughs> you know French cameroon Equatorial guinea yeah. yes exactly Papua new guinea <laughs> All the guineas. No, wait a minute. That's Italians.
2: Oh, no. (laughs) No. no. Hey, I have an Italian last name. It's fine. It's not an insult. For all you out there, I love you. Buona Natale. But the Italians take place. Uh, They do the bobsled. We're fine. So on to sports. Hey, George, you want to offend any other group in Italy? Good evening, everybody. I'm George Michael. Welcome to the Sports Machine. After nine seasons and three NBA championships with the Bulls, Michael Jordan announces his retirement from the NBA. Everyone knows exactly what the circumstances are right now in terms of uh, my decision not to play the game of basketball uh, in the NBA. After which it didn't help that, you know, his father was also murdered. However, returns, and I'll never forget this, on the 19th of March, 1995 in the number 45
1: and leads the Bulls to another three NBA titles. He was inspired by saving the world, playing against the Monstars. That's That's what made him come back. Still, never seen that movie. I thought you watched it. Didn't never, you watch it. Never saw that. Did no. You seen the LeBron one? I didn't see that. That'd, either. Be, that'd be funny if you saw the LeBron one. I that, decided, so. you know what? Fuck it. I'm watching the LeBron one once again. Did that? Was that any good? Or is it just it it, was whatever? Ready Player One, which we covered on this podcast, yep. except for they replaced, you know, the video game with basketball. They it, all it was was like a chance for them to put every franchise ever into the background of the movie. Oh,
2: great! Sounds awesome. But here's another thing that happened in sports and we talked about this when we did d2 the mighty ducks of anaheim win their first nhl game bring back the old logo bring back the mighty ducks of anaheim in the highest scoring longest lasting world series game the blue jays of toronto score six runs in ea to defeat the philadelphia phillies 15 to 14 in a four hour 14 minute suck fest at Veterans stadium also don't forget that the blue jays ended up inevitably becoming world series champions going back to back clinching the series four games. Games to two with the MVP being Paul Molitor, who the first game I ever went to at Municipal Stadium in Cleveland, I caught two back to back foul balls off Paul Molitor pitched by Greg Swindell of the Indians. My first game. Now on to news. Unlike being an MVP in Major League Baseball, Boris Yeltsin declares a state of emergency when 25 are killed in a terrorist attack at a TV station in Moscow. Do you prefer to say Moscow or Moscow? i think i say moscow is it moscow i've heard people say moscow Moscow. i've also heard people say tuesday instead of tuesday or wednesday
1: (laughs) or monday 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 Monday. where did you guys monday Solomon grundy born on a monday
2: (laughs) (laughs) ah howard stern Hey now releases private parts his very first book which ends up becoming a motion picture in 1997 one of the first dvds i ever bought at circuit city so there's some personal history for you This is CNN Breaking News. Hey guys, it's me. And since I was talking about Howard Stern right here in the episode, I thought I would break in to give a big rest in peace to Ralph Sorella, who was Howard Stern's close personal friend, his hairstylist, and who became like one of the characters on the Stern show throughout 40 plus years. Ralph would get made fun of constantly. Ralph wouldn't take any shit from anybody. And I have a lot of memories of listening to the Stern show or watching the Stern show on or channel nine and just laughing my ass off when the guys would just make fun of ralph or ralph would throw the shit right back at him there was just so many fond memories growing up and listening to ralph on the stern show i just want to say we're going to miss you ralph you provided hours upon hours of some hilarious shit and i hope you rest in power brother we love you ralph Personal history, this one man would never like to admit or probably talk about if you meet him. Late night talk show host Chevy Chase. Oh, no. The final episode airs of his show on Fox canceled after only six weeks. (laughs) Oof. Who in their right mind thought, you know what? I have an idea. Let's get a
1: famous asshole who's notoriously hard to deal with.
2: Exactly. In 1993. This isn't at the height of National Lampoons. No. 1993. Let's get Chevy Chase to do a show. Hey, we can put him on after Arsenio. Perfect. No. Sorry, Chevy. Not a good talk show host. On to some world lords.
3: That was legitness. Yeah.
2: Okay. Ha! <laughs>
3: <laughs> <Got> ha! <he. laughs> Wait a minute. Who
0: are you? Oh,
2: David Earl Dempsey, 37, filed a lawsuit against Pima County and Arizona officials in February for injuries, suffered while attempting to hang himself. He tied a sheet around his neck and jumped out of a jail window. The sheet came loose and he fell to the concrete. Dempsey succeeded in a second suicide attempt after filing the lawsuit. So did he win the lawsuit? He got a settlement. But then I guess that all went, it's up. At this time in 1993, we said goodbye, rest in peace to River Phoenix. Mm. The Viper Room, very known what happened that day. Talked about it on here. Yeah. The number one movie in America, a very underrated movie. I remember when I saw this, I was like, Jesus Christ, The Good Son with Macaulay Culkin and Elijah Wood. Good movie, man. Fucking I love when you have dies at the end, right? Does he gets his comeuppance? I think he gets thrown down a well or something like that. (laughs) But I always like when you have a traditional baby face, Kevin McAllister does this random movie who he is pure concentrated evil great movie.
1: you look back in hindsight though and you can see why they wanted him to do that after doing so much like Home Alone, Uncle Buck. Yeah, stuff like that. And you wonder if it was really the right move or if they should have like was that pre-year? That was before Richie Rich.
2: This 90, well Richie Rich came out in 93 as well. Okay, so this ruined any chance of somehow Thomas Jake coming back from the stings to be in My Girl
1: 2 with Austin O'Brien. But you just wonder if maybe they should have just kept the trajectory of like we're gonna shove as much upbeat macaulay down your throats as possible until you're so tired of it then we do the heel turn yeah but you do a heel turn in the middle of it to what show that he has range get him an oscar like (laughs) Hey, didn't get that Oscar no might have got a
2: Saturn Award nomination sure but I think me and you have a Saturn award nomination well Saturn Saturn and I am myself then the number one song in America Miss Mariah Carey with dream lover Take me. good. I think she had a good uh, early to mid 90s stint there. And now we are on the heavy rotation of all I want for Christmas is you. Once again, I say this every year we get to Christmas time here on the podcast. I am trying my best to really get into Christmas spirit. Got the tree up. Have fun. Got John McLean as the star. But man, so many songs just test my test my will, man. Yeah. And that is one of them. But that's all that was going on October in 1993. Now it's time to head to the warm wonderland of Jamaica. Uh, Get down that push car, push down the hill, and make yourself an Olympic bobsled champion.
3: Winning a bobsled race is about one thing. The push start. Now I know you dainty little track stars think you're fast. Well, let's see how fast you are when you push a 600-pound sled. Now a respectable start time is 5.7 seconds. If you speed demons can't whip off an even six flat... Then you have a better chance of becoming a barbershop
1: quartet in Norway. This movie is known as Cold Buttocks in ah, ah, Cold Ants, and it's known as Rasta Rocket in France, which that's the name of Sanka's push car. Yeah, the Rasta Rocket. So, all right, let's qualify for the plot. November 1987, Darice Bannock, a Jamaican sprinter, is attempting to qualify for the 1988 Summer Olympics in Seoul. In qualifying, another runner named Junior Bevel accidentally stopped. Stumbles and brings down Derice and his Olympic dreams. Another runner named Yule Brenner is also brought down. What a, why? Like why that name? Derice is obviously very upset that his dreams have slipped away so unfairly. He petitions to have the race rerun, but the leader of the Jamaican Olympic Committee declines. He tells Derice to try again in four years or enter boxing or cycling. Can you imagine the in-world controversy
2: if he's like, you know what? We're gonna
1: rerun the race. This guy tripped. Yeah. Rerun it. I think there probably is another inroad. We know Derice is the best runner. We're he's just like a Usain Bolt. We're going to send him anyway. Yeah. You know, he doesn't need to win the qualifying to get sent. Nah, he's good. Either way, Derice notices a photo in the office of his gold medalist father with another gold medalist who's revealed to be Irv Blitzer. Mr. Coolidge,
0: who's the other man who picks you with my father? Oh, Irving Blitzer? He's an American who lives here. Unless, of course, he's been arrested or shot. Excuse me. Well, he's a bookie now. Takes his bets in a small pool hall just past Sandy Bay.
3: Isn't that the gold medal around his neck?
0: Oh, yeah. That lunatic was an Olympic bobsledder who tried to get your father to switch sports. He had some theory about using track sprinters to push the bobsled, some ridiculous thing like that. Can you imagine? A Jamaican bobsledder.
1: A former bobsledder who came to Jamaica to unsuccessfully convince sprinters to become bobsledders. Yeah. Because Derice's dad is Ben Bannock, who could run the 10 meters or the 100, 100 meters, meters in 10 flat. Mr. Blitzer,
3: just give me a chance. If I don't have what it takes, we'll forget the whole thing. Believe me, kid, you do not have what it takes. But you thought my father did. Your father was one of the toughest competitors I ever saw. He ran the 100 meters and 10 flat, but I run it to 9-9. Nine, nine.
1: Yeah, now you look at 10 yeah. you're like, yeah,
2: dude, slow.
1: <laughs> last place.
2: He sucks.
1: Darice convinces his best friend, Sanka, a pushcart driver, to help him track down Irv with the goal for Irv to coach them in bobsled. Junior and Yule, who also lost their Olympic dream during qualifying, agree to round out the team. They do a very minimal amount of practicing in Jamaica on a sled, well, you, on well, wheels. How else could you train? <laughs> down a grass and dirt hill. Junior sells his car to raise the $20,000 they need to participate in the games in Calgary. On arrival, Irv convinces an old teammate to let them borrow their practice sled.
2: Who looks like Buddy Hackett. (laughs) I need a sled. You came all the way to
3: Calgary without a sled? I got $4,800, I just need something competitive. For five grand? I know you got something lying around, Roger. Irv, anything. You know I can't do that. Wait a minute, Roger. Remember when you were desperate to make that last slot on the 68 Grenoble team and you pleaded with me to talk to Kurt? Did I say, sorry, Roger, I can't do it? Come on, don't make me beg. Roger, it's me. All right, well, maybe I can get you one of our practice sleds. You're a saint, you know that? A saint. You haven't changed a bit, you're still a saint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, don't get all mushy on me. Just tell me one thing. Is this whole thing a big joke? Or do you really expect these Jamaicans to qualify? Not only are they going to qualify, they're going to turn some heads doing it. Listen, three of these guys can run the hundred in under ten flat. I don't care who you are, that's lightning. Yeah, but can lightning run on ice?
1: The East German team gives Jamaica a ton of shit. Jamaica! The Jamaicans manage to acclimate and qualify. Ah! only for them to be disqualified by the Olympic committee. It's revealed throughout the movie that Irv cheated to win his gold medals, and the disqualification is further retribution for his past transgressions. Irv convinces the committee to not punish the Jamaicans for what he did, which is true. I mean, like, why are they taking it out on Irv? The kids, you know... Plus, I think even though it's a Disney movie,
2: Disney kind of indirectly was uh, using a little racism. Yeah, a little racism here.
1: So the first day of the competition is a disaster. The second day goes much better before finishing the day in eighth place overall. Can
2: this really be happening? What a different
3: line through the Omega. Look, possessed here. It's not the same team we saw yesterday. Where did these guys come from? Six point five three. Did you hear
1: that time? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes! 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 <laughs> that moves him up to eighth place. Watch out, world! The Jamaicans are coming. So Derice like idolizes the Swiss team. Yeah. So he's trying to get them to do like, Eins, zwei. Like yeah. the whole thing. They're he's, talking German. He's trying to get the whole, you know, the Swiss thing. Sanka convinces him like, hey man, like we, we gotta be Jamaican. Yeah, we gotta be Jamaican. ourselves. We're so, not Swiss. So they do much better second day. On their final run, one of the bobsleds' blades detaches, causing them to flip and crash.
0: Darice, you're dead. No more. I'm not dead. I have
1: to finish the race. Darice and the team are determined to finish. They pick the sled up, carry it over the finish line. They earn the respect and applause of the other countries and fans. An epilogue reveals they return to Jamaica as heroes and then return to the Olympics in four years as equals update in the true story of the four or five if you want to count the partying guy of those five the next olympics they returned as a two-man team rather than a four cheaper probably maybe i don't know airfare and we're going to learn a little bit about bobsled later so maybe that'll help uh, shed some light on why they returned as two so let's get into characters leon robinson credit as only leon Leon. as darice bannock denzel washington turned down the role scoffing at the pay (laughs) I couldn't, can you imagine Denzel Washington in this movie? John Candy, oh, it gets better. John Candy is Irving Irv Blitzer. They wanted John Candy from the jump and good call. He signed on. Yeah. Doug E. Doug as Sank a Coffee. Eddie Murphy turned down the role, <laughs> scoffing <laughs> at the pay. <laughs> <laughs> Disney envisioned the cast as oh. Denzel, Eddie Murphy, Wesley Snipes as Yule, Marlon Wayans as Junior. It's fucking insane. That's incredibly insane. Isn't that nuts? Awesome. When they all turned it down, also considered for the bobsled team were Cuba Gooding Jr., Eric LaSalle, and Jeffrey Wright. <laughs>
2: So we're getting now into C tier territory. <laughs> yeah. So then we end up with Leon, Malik Yoba, Dougie Doug, and the other
1: guy. Yeah, Rawl D. Lewis as Junior Bevel. With that, that's I think this is all he ever did. Rawley maybe R A W L E almost looks like a bug. <laughs> he does. I we have to talk about his head like duck lips. Malik Yoba as Yule Branner. Peter Outerbridge
2: as Yosef Gruhl, the East German oh, there you go. pilot.
1: Okay, which actor actress gives a passable performance? I don't think there's any actresses in this movie. There are a couple. is there's, Therese wife. has like a, yeah, a wife or a girlfriend. Yeah. And then there's the other Jamaican woman who like runs the bar or whatever. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. And there's two women right. in this so, movie. But who really does it for you in this movie? It's John Candy.
2: Yeah. It's, I mean, you got somebody that has the credibility and film, you know, repartee of John Candy. He's going to bring anything to a role, especially him being the head coach of the Jamaican bobsled team. Now in real
1: life, they did not have uh, a guy I like John Candy as their coach. I like Dougie Doug. I just, you know, between this and class act, like he's great. The worst is probably the dude that plays Junior. His accent. Junior Beville. He's not even close. I I get that there was the restrictions from Disney. It just hit me. You know who Junior sounds like? Meathead from Meatballs Part (laughs) 2. Meathead. Meathead.
2: What did he say? I think he said Meathead. Meathead. Meathead?
1: He has what he said. Meathead. <laughs> That's kinda his his it's just Asuma. Yeah. Exactly. Soon <laughs> yeah, <That's what it, laughs> <Junior Junior> <laughs> replace him with Meathead. Actually. I for car. the pool check, I'm doing it. Meathead's going to my team. Um <laughs> All right, and best, and me. best scenes. Let's find out which scenes made a splash. The first time they see a, quote, bobsled, and Coach Blitzer is assigning their roles on the team.
3: All right, here's what we're going to do. Yule, Don't touch me. Of course, sorry. You're going to be the second middleman. You're strong, you're fast, and you're going to love that seat. Junior, you're the first middleman. You're quick, you're sharp. Hop in. Sanka. I know, I'm the driver, right? No, you're the brake man. No, no, I'm the driver. No, you're not. You're the brake man. I'm the driver. You're not. You're the brake man. You don't
0: understand. I am Sanka Coffee. I'm the best pushcart driver in all of Jamaica. I must drive.
1: And Sanka argues that he should be the driver until Irv tells him what it takes, <laughs> and he's like, You
3: see, Sanka, the driver has to work harder than anyone. He's the first to show up and the last to leave. When his teammates are all out drinking beer... He's up in his room studying pictures of turns. You see, a driver must remain focused 100% at all times. Not only is he responsible for knowing every inch of every course he races, he's also responsible for the lives of the other three people in his sled. Now, do you want that responsibility? I say we make Doris the driver. So do I, Sanko. So do I
1: Because like he's saying Like they have to Memorize the turns They have to stay up late They have to do everything And like we're gonna go Over the roles of a a Bobsled here in a little bit But like it's true Like the only Very important person In this whole thing Is the driver Everybody else is Basically weight Everybody else is a body Who needs to push the thing And jump in Like the driver Is really the important one And like imagine Senka is the driver It just ain't gonna work So but yeah Irv's like This is a bobsled (laughs) And it's like I don't know what it is And where he got it from (laughs) Exactly But it's got wheels and he pushes them down the hill. And then there's a scene with the police where the police are like, what are you doing? They're like, we're the Jamaican bobsled team. Yeah, pal. Somebody's uh, smoking a ganja. What
0: have you done to the police unit? I should arrest you. Who owns this thing? We do, sir. And who are you? The Jamaican bobsled team, sir. (laughs) (laughs) Don't give me that business. I wasn't born yesterday.
3: Five nine! Five nine, you did it! You did it! 5-9! We did it! We did it! 5-9! Get out of the way! Get out of the way! 5-9, guys! What? Who are you? I'm their coach. You guys okay? Yeah, man. How's the yeah, sled? Yeah, man. We're fine. Uh, sled's okay? Well, it's in the wrong place. Get it back to the top of the hill. Let's move it right now, you slackers!
2: So my first one, and once again, I'm, I'm starting it with Junior Bevel. Junior stands up to Yosef at the cowboy bar. Oh, like yeah. Like at the fucking... I see pride! I see power! I see a badass mother who won't take crap off of nobody. It's him and Malik, yo, yeah. but you st- I
0: look in this mirror and tell me again what you see. <clears throat> well, I see... Pride. Pride. Right. Power. Power. And I see... A badass mother who won't take, take no crap no... off of nobody. Again! I see
3: pride. Can I hear you?
0: I see power. I see a badass mother who won't take no crap off of nobody. Once again. I see pride. Junior. I see power. I see a badass mother who won't take no crap off of nobody. That's right. That's right. Junior
2: Beville. And then he goes up. The fucking Yosef goes What do you do, Jamaica? He sounds like an overly <laughs> verbose villain in a Disney animated movie. Right. power,
0: oh, right. Now you listen to me, buddy. I will not be talked to that way. So you better come up with a damn good
2: apology, or else. Or else, what?
0: How?
2: Hey, Jamaica. Or else, Come on, Jamaica.
3: Say something.
2: No problem. They end up getting into this big fight where Dougie Doug just jumps all over the place like he swerves Strickland. It's incredible. But once again, I think out of all the movies we have done, why has there not been... Or maybe we make it a Mark Wahlberg Jr. Bevel movie. Yeah. Because the accents alone are tremendous.
1: I love scenes like this in movies. The, my favorite one is Unnecessary Roughness with Texas State. Yeah. And where they fight him in the bar. There's a guy who's a real. I mean, all the Texas Colts. Texas Colts. He is a real square head. I'm going to buy you beer.
3: Okay. And we can forget this whole little incident never happened.
1: It's on me. <laughs> <laughs> Now it's on you. Guess you wanted a light beer, huh? (laughs) On second thought, maybe you'd better buy me a keg. Or better yet, put a spigot in that fat Buddha.
3: (laughs) We were getting along so good, and you had to go and ruin it by insulting my center. My center
2: (sighs) is my throwing hand here.
1: Yeah, but they fight. They're smashing beer glasses on each other's head, hitting each other with pool cues. And then when the cops come, they're all just having a beer together. Yeah, because they can get thrown out of school. Yeah. So they're all just kind of
2: chilling. I love that. Scene. But what makes it great, too, between Junior and Yule is Yule always held over him that he tripped him and ruined his shot to yeah. be in a 100 meter dash in the Olympics. And it's a slow build. And it's great storytelling where he slowly, slowly, slowly starts liking Junior and yeah. look at him like a small brother. And this is the first time in the movie where he finally takes Junior under his wing and is basically going to teach him how to beat the shit
1: out of somebody. At the end, he does tell him, like, that doesn't mean I like you. or something. Yeah, it's very endearing. I love how they slow reveal the scandal that Irv was involved in, because you don't really know anything about why he took his gold medals and came to Jamaica other than to try and recruit Ben Bannock.
3: All I need is a lousy 20 grand so I
0: can get us to the Olympics. That's all. How in God's name are you gonna to get to the Olympics? These boys have never even seen a sled race before. Mr. Coolidge, I have been looking at sledders since I
3: was 12 years old. If I say these kids can make it to the Olympics, they can make it to the Olympics.
0: Okay, well, I'll tell you what we'll do. Practice down here with the boys a bit more, and when you're a little further along, I'll come along and see you. No, no, no. No, just a minute, Mr. Blitzer. This country enjoys a fine athletic tradition. And if you think I'm gonna give you the little money we have so that you can parade us around in front of the world like a freak show, you've got another thing coming. It's bad enough how you embarrassed your own country. I'm certainly not going to allow you to embarrass
1: us. But it's Darius who finds out that Irv put weights in the front of the sled in the 72 Olympics and their gold medals were taken away because it was like, again, Irv's old teammates or old like U.S. counterparts were all like holding this grudge against them. And even one of the, somehow there's a payoff because one of the judges drops out and gets replaced by this other judge. The one thing, it makes it seem as if Irv was
2: kicked out of America yeah, for doing right. like. Because it looks like he's been down in Jamaica for 30 years. He's he excommunicated. He's excommunicated. He's betting on dogs. By
1: radio. Yeah. Yeah. Which one of the dogs names was something funny. I can't remember. But the payoff with all of it is when Doris just outright asks Irv. Yeah. And he's like, you want to know why I did it? And he's like, yes. And I don't know that I buy the excuse, which is basically like, because once you win, you have to win. Yeah. You, and have you can never not win. And he's like, so I cheated because I want it. And it's like, you got to know if you're enough. And Darius is like, how will I know if you're enough? And whatever. You know, there was a coach in our lives, Kevin, Coach Riley of the Hawks. He said, it's not worth winning
2: if you can't win big. Yeah, yeah, that's what what everybody says. That's pretty common. Exactly. Thank you, Lane Smith. My next one is like you brought up the fact that naming Dereese the basically the driver of the bobsleigh. What's great about that is he gets at what he needs to do. Like he's he's studying track photos. He's visualizing in bed. But I like the fact when they are in Calgary, they literally get the team together in one room. They, like, practice the bobsled yeah. in the bathtub. Oh, it's great. Like, they cram their asses in a bathtub, and they're literally practicing. Turn left. four. Boom. Turn five. Boom. Yeah. It's I awesome. like it. It's a great bonding experience.
3: Okay, guys. Tonight's the night. Now, in a few minutes, you're going to get a chance to do something that no one in your country has ever done. I was going to save this for the Olympics, but I figure if we're going to convince these judges that we are world class sledders, then we had better look like world class sledders.
0: I'm freezing this.
1: And he's cooking uh, bananas on a hot plate in the room. It probably smells good, oh, though. I didn't even mention it in Best scenes, but the don't you feel bad? Maybe I have an logic, but don't you feel bad for Yul Brenner about Buckingham Palace?
0: But you see me? You see me? I'm different, because I know exactly
3: where I'm going. And after I, Yule Brenner, win the Olympics and become famous, I'm going to leave the island and live right down there.
0: (laughs) Where are you laughing about? Where are you laughing about? That's Buckingham Palace. You plan on living there, you're going to have to marry the queen. You will. That's where the queen of England lives.
1: Because they're all talking about their dreams. That's his and dream. He's my, this is my dream. You know, one-eyed Willie. <laughs> and he wants to live here. He threw, and he's a, like, he threw a postcard, at Buckingham Palace down there. And you're not going to have that unless you're the queen. Yes. Yeah, exactly. And he
2: just looks so devastated because he didn't know. He
1: didn't know. And once
2: again, who backs him up on that? Junior Bevel. Yeah, Junior. That's part of the bonding, too. All
0: he has to do is know what he wants and work hard for it. And if he wants it bad enough, he'll get it. Look, believe me, Sanka, the more Yule Brenners we got making it in this world, the better off this world would be, especially for Jamaicans.
1: The last one I have, the team obviously carrying the sled over the finish line. Oh, that's mine. When they crash on their third run, they earn their peers' respect.
2: good, Jamaica. See you in four years, yeah? Yeah, man.
3: It doesn't mean that I like
2: you. <laughs> Thanks, Earl.
1: It looks real bad. The, yeah. the sled flips over. The way they film it, it's as if they died. Well, nice thing is about this scene is they cut in real footage of the crash. Yeah. Of the real... Which is smart. Yeah, which is of the real crash in the Olympics. Yeah, but they intercut it with that. And then they flip and they're all just laying there. And yeah. then, of course, you get the classic. <laughs> Sanka, you dead? Yeah. yeah, I'm on. They get out. They carry the sled over the finish line, which is like, earns them the slow clap. And who was the first one to start clapping though? Gruel. Yeah, it was Gruul. With a dart. <laughs> yeah, ripping a dart. Okay. Well, that was cool. Running good flick. I mean, I mean it's it's a great Disney movie. It's better than a lot of them, to be yeah. quite honest with you. It's great. Uh, it's it's very loosely based on the idea, but uh, I I dig it. I think we can't stress enough how loosely like I can't Yeah, it's literally it's just there was a Jamaican bobsled team in 1988. It. That's it. And that's, then they just wrote the rest of yeah. it themselves. Don't remember there being a pool, but there's definitely a lot of ice, there's a hockey rink, and somewhere in there there's gotta be a pool. Hey, you Maybe we'll go down to the pool and maybe swim some. Hi, my name's Junior Bevel. I sold my car.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Too good. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So we're going to build a bobsled team. Webster, Webster, and Cohen. <laughs> and Cohen. We've done this a couple of times. Most recently, we built a hockey team with Seth. Before we do that, I'm going to tell you a little about each position. So you have a pilot or driver who must have skill and timing to steer the turns. As they say in the movie, they have to memorize the course. They ha- and like they have like a pulley system with rings that they pull to steer. The two pushmen, so side pushman one and side push man to literally push as fast as strong as possible and then they get in and they do as little like your whole idea is to do as little as possible Yeah, hold on you want to hold on still you don't want to move around too much and then the brake man is like the push man except they apply the brakes at the end of the run. Yeah, so the they thing. literally push from the back, jump in and kind of be the strong man. Yeah, that's it. Really. You need like a smart skilled driver and three athletes. And then since we usually do five, we're going to pick a coach as well. Yeah. So Jim, go ahead, give us your, you can go in any order, I guess. Okay. So I'm going to go ahead
2: and start with the coach of my team. You need somebody who's a motivator, somebody who gets the team ready to go. Also, you need somebody that will not take shit off of anybody who knows how to throw it back. And I can't think of a better person to coach my bobsled team than chef Gordon Ramsey. Oh my God. I mean, this guy will be able to do a media interview with no problem. He's a figurehead. People are going to be eyes on the team, knowing that Gordon Ramsey is coaching a bobsled team, and he'll be able to put two bobsleds up against your face and call
1: you an idiot sandwich. <laughs> I like it. Uh, you idiot! I'm going with my driver first and I've got to go Pete Maverick Mitchell from Top Gun Maverick. Nice. He's going to know those turns. He's going to approach this competition like life or death. Cause I think of that scene in Maverick where he's zipping through the valley. Oh. when he's doing the test run on how to fly it and all the students are blown away because like they've pretty much deduced to themselves that it's not possible what he's asking to do but then Maverick just goes ahead and is like I can do it yeah and then they basically are like well we're kind of forced to use you as a pilot now because you're the only one that can do it pretty much but I just imagine him as a bobsled driver being like getting every turn exactly precise and yeah so I got Maverick as my my pilot so my first one I decided to think how else would ice be represented if you're not used to ice
2: it's wheels on a road i'm going with brian from gleaming the cube ice because that boy knows how to skate he can do all the tricks and more importantly he knows Lucero. That's perfect. I, I love it. fucking love it. So he's just a pushman. He's the pushman. Okay. I think he's a good one to just stay in there. He knows how to read curves. He gets the glide of the
1: ice. I think he's perfect for I guess it. It's smart for a pushman. I didn't even think to do a skateboarder. That's, yeah. that's smart. So my uh side pushman one. The Jamaican bobsled team had comic relief in the form of Sanka. So I'm getting some comic relief while also gaining a powerful side pushman. I'm going with Drax the Destroyer from Guardians of the Galaxy. Nice. Because I can just imagine them trying to tell him like something and him just taking it so literally, you know. But I, yeah, I think it'd be funny. So
2: So I decided here with my other push, man. And I also think comedy is a great way to go because you need something to break up the seriousness of trying to get a gold medal for a country who has never competed in the event, let alone the Winter Olympics. I'm going with Mrs. Doubtfire (laughs) just because it's the missing link. Not only do you have the power of Robin Williams, you have the exterior of of an older woman who will also put up with no shit and it makes more diversity knowing that you have Mrs. Doubtfire going down an ice shoot, going for a gold medal right next to Brian from Gleaming the Cube. <laughs>
1: Unbelievable. <laughs> my side push man too I'm going with Glacier from WCW <laughs> blood runs cold if shit goes down with the East German team he's ready to unleash his brand of martial arts I just hope he can get his helmet and gear back from Ernest Miller and Kazayashi because <laughs> Ernest Miller coming out the Glacier's full entrance for a while was like special it yeah. was amazing when Ernest Miller used to come out the Glacier's entrance
2: <laughs> I like it so my next one I'm going with my brake man I'm going to keep my driver for last so my break, man, I need somebody who's cunning. You, I know you need a muscle man, but I'm trying to cut down on the excess weight. So initially I said The Rock, but I don't think he could fit. So I'm going with Patrick Swayze specifically Dalton from roadhouse. He's somebody who knows when to be nice and when not to be nice. He can and rip that, throats out. Too. He can rip throats out. I mean, he can easily rip throats out. He's controlling the brakes. He's controlling your life. He's the one who's going to be able he's, to, he's defending your life. It's Albert Brooks. I wish it was Albert. Oh, that would have been a great one for <laughs> Albert Brooks, but I couldn't inevitably see Albert Brooks be serious at well, Then again, I got fucking Mrs. Doubtfire, my bobsled. <laughs> so whatever, Patrick Swayze or
1: Albert Brooks, uh, shove them
2: both on there. My, lap them.
1: My breakman, man, Meg, Dude can control. And I thought
2: you were going to say, my breakmate. Magnesium.
1: <laughs> magnesium. <laughs> just a bottle of store-bought magnesium. Uh, Dude can control and manipulate metal. Can keep turns from going too high or too low. And honestly, I think of it as a safety thing. Yeah. Because, like, if the sled's going to flip, dude can just keep it from flipping. Yeah. You know, he can manipulate the metal to, to make it work.
2: So my driver, and I went back and forth. Initially, I was thinking Barry Allen the Flash, but I'm like, it's not fair to the other three people, because how the fuck are they gonna hold on it's an unfair advantage so i need a driver and the only thing i can think of is somebody that has drove either indycar or formula one but we gotta go movie universe so i'm gonna go deep cut here from a movie we've covered i can't remember what season it was the movie drive i'm going with Bo brandenburg give me a german in there that german guy you know it's uh,
0: it's really hot when when you see it with him and i did it you know It was me. I'm responsible for it
2: who also knows uh, Philip Zeptec. Philip yeah. <laughs> That's the only thing we can reference because the movie's horrible, but it's the fact that Bo
1: Brandenburg... Oh, I with, totally remember the scene where he steals a race car from a, a dinner party in and Detroit. he drives it through the streets of Detroit. Him
2: and uh, what's uh, Kip Pardue's character. Yeah. I'll never forget that. But it's also a movie known for a guy's voice. Where you going, Joe? It's, I've never heard a German accent that almost sounds like Marlon Brando. <laughs> where you going, Joe? It just makes no sense. Give me Bo
1: Brandenburg. My co- coach i i needed somebody inspirational i'm going jimmy mcginty from the replacements nice. another movie we covered these guys know what they're doing they know what they're there for but mcginty's gonna deliver the right speech at the right time to get them where they need to be to win the race so going jimmy mcginty and he could kick off a uh, guy like martel on yeah. the team and promote uh shane falco sure so if somebody if, if magneto decides to go have too much Maylocks, <laughs> I mean, you're good mcginty can bring someone else in so okay well let's refreeze the pool so we can have this event. Hey, Dad, I just wondered if... All of a sudden, I sound like my buddy. Hey, I just wondered if you can help me. I saw my car. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, if you sell your car, I'll fucking kill you. (laughs) Uh...
2: (laughs) Critica- i sold my car i sold my car
1: <laughs> a critical question
2: meathead <laughs> you forgot to put meathead in your bobsled god damn it well
1: magneto gets sent home for having too much magnesium meathead. <laughs> like
2: meathead meathead from uh meatballs do you sell your car meathead i sold my car meathead. <laughs> uh <laughs> <laughs> Meatballs Part Three, Cool
1: Runnings. There you go. Oh, wait, there's five of those. We're four of those movies. Oh, yeah, I forgot. There's the Feldman one. Yeah. Do you think it's time for an overhaul of the Olympics? new events, new format, etc. They're supposed
2: to be putting in new... I don't know if it's for the 2026 games, but maybe for the 2030 games. You're starting to get crazy with I, the cornhole. I like hole. that.
1: I like that, but I think they're just a little too slow. That's the problem. But, you know, they're talking about adding American football and I'm like, how the fuck are you going to do... They're Tyreek Hill against, like, an Iranian guy. Like, what's he going to do? <laughs> like, how are you going to do that? I don't know. Like,
2: what? First off, it's not going to be your top tier NFL guys going to be playing Olympic football. It should
1: be. So that's a big part of like, you know, I, I still enjoy watching the Olympics and I think it's great for the marquee events. Your swimming, your gymnastics, or oh, your basketball, your basketball, but basketball for a while, got rid of professionals. Yeah. Olympic dream team was one of the greatest things that's ever happened in for the U S in the Olympics. I
2: have it all taped on VHS. Mm-hmm. Like it was their first game. They beat Angola by like 70.
1: Same thing. Like with, with soccer, you know, they put an age limit on the players and there's all these restrictions. Let anybody play. Yeah, you know what true. I mean? And let them dope. But who cares? I mean, I, I, it makes me wonder because like right now there's the big pickleball craze. So should they put pickleball in the Olympics? Yeah. I mean, maybe. I mean, why not? I, I wonder if that is why they pump the brakes a bit though. And like, rather than just say, we're doing this in four years, make sure that if they add it, I could have sworn they're adding frisbee golf. Can they add like disc golf? I, mean, disc golf? I think they're adding skateboarding. Yeah. Skateboarding has been. Has it been? Yeah. In? I, I don't know if it has been, or it's, this is going to be like street luge. Is that coming back? Like X Games? Like uh, the opening of Rollerball. But they need to do something because... Rollerball, pro wrestling. They need to do something with the Olympics
2: because anymore it's just like the same old shit, the same old codgers. They make it too political anymore. Yeah, let's do some bonkers fucking game. Make Gladiators a part of the fucking Olympics. Yeah,
1: like, can they do Ninja Warrior? Can they do like... How great would that be? It'd be amazing. Like, it would be awesome for them to just like cherry pick a bunch of really cool things like that. Plus, there are a lot of events that we've watched watch it get rid of like i don't care about but badminton I, no but i think that is part of the fun of the olympics though is like something you would never Handball's watch gr- i never watch like
2: handball curling
1: yeah handball uh. um, i love when in the summer olympics when they do the um kayaking oh that's great and they just like put them in the rapids and they have to like go around the it's fucking nuts i would never watch that but for the olympics i love it but what i think they should do
2: is like winter olympics i love watching the ski jump i think that's nuts use that in the summer olympics jump something off that
1: yeah here's like, big air yeah here's here's an idea so the olympics the younger generation their attention span due to mtv editing tiktok TikTok on these things why not make some events exclusive because then you don't have the old you know boomer generation getting mad about there being you know skateboarding yeah but imagine making that event on tiktok exclusive to tiktok that'd be cool so then you get a partnership where the younger generation can go and watch like or twitch or Or, whatever it is youtube youtube and watch you can live stream, you know, some of these events, depending on where the Olympics take place in any given year, the time zone is way different from where we are well, because of social media, you know, the results of the event. Well, for here, Paris, I think is a six, seven hour time. Yeah. Death. If you want to watch gymnastics, which is like a marquee event, yeah. you kind of know like, okay, Simone Biles won gold. I don't want to watch it. You know what no. I mean? I don't want it spoiled. So, but they play it again in prime time. I, I just think the Olympics, they could get a little bit fresher.
2: Now when the Olympics inevitably does come back here I think it's coming in I I can't remember if LA got a bid or something like that I don't remember hot dog eating contest I'd fucking win that every year would you ever have any interest in going to the Olympic games no see that's the thing about the Olympics it seems it's like I associate Buicks no matter how much they market it to young people it's an old person's car the Olympics are still marketed as if it's the old person thing.
1: it's weird because when you think about it and you're like okay like marathon running is an Olympic sport so it's like on TV it's very interesting they just like okay we're going for marathon and now we're going live to darts or whatever and but oh darts would be great I think they are adding darts oh that'd be great <laughs> which in the UK they're fucking nuts you ever about watch darts. a dart event it's insane so but I wonder if add um, cricket
2: then we could learn it there you go I think they have cricket 154 8 over 5 balls
1: but like they go alright we're going live from marathon running to this and they're always just showing you stuff wall climbing all these other things but imagine like actually going and attending the marathon. That's a lot, man. It just doesn't seem like the, but wait, don't this also, is for an Olympic gold medal. But don't they also have speed walking? Yeah. Uh, why? They have a lot of that stuff. Some dumb know. shit. You could carve out a lot of events and put new ones in for the kids. You could keep them and just broadcast them exclusively to, yeah. which I think they do, because when it's on NBC, they have MSNBC and all these other channels. Give me but. ping pong. Ping pong's great to watch. I think they have that. They do. But I'm saying I just like to watch oh, ping yeah. pong. Unbelievable.
2: yeah. This is CNN Breaking News. All right, everybody, Editing Jim here. Here are some of the sports that are being added to the 2024 games in Paris coming up this summer. We have sports climbing, we have breakdancing, or breaking as they call it. Initially, I'm like, breaking, like Randy Cellini and Sidekicks. We choose breaking. No, we're breaking and then breaking to electric boogaloo. So it's breaking, sports climbing surfing and skateboarding then they announced five more sports for the 2028 games in los angeles california usa they're adding baseball and softball cricket yes t20 i don't know what that means flag football lacrosse sixes and squash come on for the 2032 games let's get nuts Let's add pickleball. Let's add four square. But those are the sports that are being added for the next two Olympic games. This is CNN breaking news.
1: Alright, let's uh let's, We're going to talk about some logic So, <laughs> uh, Hey Junior Bevel, it's me It's Marky Mark Um, I heard you sold your car And I was the one that bought it off Facebook
2: Marketplace But here's the thing Goddamn thing didn't work there, Junior Bevel And you know what? I got in a pretty bad car accident And my girl Nicole died And you know what that means? I sold my car I know you sold your car, you son of a bitch, okay? But I'm now coming down to Jamaica And you wanted to work for Webster, Webster, and Cohen Guess
1: what? I fucking killed him Y'all well, could have been different, Mr. Walker You should have allowed nature to take its course. Can't wait for fear to Jamaica. (laughs) Uh,
2: It doesn't sound like fear to colon Jamaica. It's like, what do you have? Fear to Jamaica.
1: They couldn't have cast more convincing sprinters because uh, like Derice, like, uh, Leon, it. he's tall. He's slanky. He looks like he could have a sprinter body. And there's Malik Yoba. Yes. <laughs> you look at these dudes. At least Dougie Doug wasn't no, a sprinter. No, exactly. At least they were like, Oh, he's a push car driver, but like junior bevel. No, no, he doesn't look like he looks almost a little bit on like almost maybe on the chubby side. Junior
2: and- bevel is that guy that shows up at every like Olympic qualifying event finishes 10th every time and nobody has the
1: heart to say dude yeah stop it right stop it they just sort of cast dudes like because when you think of sprinters you think like Usain Bolt but you know what
2: now that I think about it if you look at it 1988 way Malik Yoba looked like Ben Johnson from Canada and then well Ben Johnson roided but guess what still ran better than a 10 flat there Bannock
1: (laughs) What nine eight nine steroid assisted in the opening credits? Darice does not look like he's running fast at all. No, and maybe he's just training. But it's like they're like timing him run the hundred meters, and it's like not running fast, not at all. I don't know if you would be allowed to do this, but
2: I'm using this movie, not real life. I'm pretty sure your Team USA is Irv that have made you a pariah. However, you're still indirectly a friend with Buddy yeah. Hackett guy. You're just gonna let an opposing country that you're competing in, they're just you're gonna get a sled. Well,
1: The whole thing about that's weird because he's like, I got $4,650, whatever he tells him. Yeah. And he's like, okay, I'll see what I can find. See if we can get a practice sleigh. And it's like, did he actually pay him the money or did he just give it to him? Because if I guarantee in the Olympics, if you find, if somebody finds out that a team paid another team. Yeah, you're forty-six $4,600, like there's something.
2: But I don't get, and even Buddy Hackett guy mentions that BHG mentions it that you came to the Olympics without a sled. Yeah. What in God's name? Don't tell me this shit that Jamaica doesn't have the money to send yeah. the guys to the Olympics. Junior's dad sure as hell does. You're telling me that
1: they can't get well, some back channel deal. You also wonder where he got the sleigh painted. Oh, oh a- they, did they paint it? Because there might be paint cans and stuff. There. But still, it's professionally done yeah. paint job. They get, he gets them uniforms. They get warm up gear. They get the like, whole. Smash. Where did he get all that? Because yeah. the Olympic Committee was like, we have no money for you. He slept with somebody. Yes, ex- of course. Sure, it's for the best. I would think, and, and, you know, it was proven otherwise. It seems like there would be an element of racism here. There's, because yeah. is bobsleigh not like a primarily Nordic sport? Oh, yeah. And I mean, the Nordics are cool, you know, but like it's a white person sport. Josef Gruhl, straight racist. Yes, exactly. He's East German racist. Yes. So it just seems like there would, like when Jamaica first arrives and you got these four Jamaican dudes, I just guarantee the other teams would have been like, like you don't belong here. First off, it wouldn't just be that. They would have filed an appeal to
2: stop them from coming there. Would have made huge news for them to do overt racism.
1: So I thought Yule Brenner is like a Warren Beatty situation from Empire Records. Cause like when they're oh. like, What's your name? Warren and Beatty. And he's like, Yule Brenner. And which is like I thought he was just yeah? saying. I thought, yeah, I thought he was just like saying a name, but is that his real, that's his real name? That's. Was he really named Yule Brenner, like his character? Like, was he born Yule
2: Brenner? Was his dad like Brian Brenner? Yeah. And he was just a big fan of Yule? Makes no sense.
1: This probably isn't fair to the actor again, but why does the top of Junior's head (laughs) slash his hair look? It looks like maybe the top of like a doll crayon. (laughs) It's got like this. salt crayon. It's got like the middle of it, like comes to a point. It's like it's. Salt crayon. It's like a flat table with a point in the middle, like a pyramid.
2: Yet they make fun of your head. Why don't you draw a line down the middle of your head so it looks like a butt?
1: This movie mostly is pretty realistic, except for the scene where Irv puts them in the freezer for cold weather endurance. And they were literally icicles. And they were icicles. And Secret Sega principle. breaks his dreadlock, like his braid. They should be dead. Yeah, they right? should be dead. They're dead. No issues with passports, customs, visas to get from Jamaica to Canada. You walk right in. They just walk right in. Pre nine eleven. It is pre nine eleven. They just walk right into Canada. They apparently don't need any of that. You're fine because the timeline on this is so weird, and they explain it at one point. It's like from Derice qualifying for the Summer Olympics. The win- the Winter Olympics are like eight months away or something. Yeah, I don't remember what it is. It's like okay, so if it was in eighty seven for the summer, so yeah, that
2: would have been. February of 88 was the Calgary games. Yeah. So not much turnaround
1: at all. No, they like just go straight to the Olympics. Common sense would dictate to you that
2: you're going from Jamaica to Calgary, Alberta, Canada, Calgary, Alberta, Alberta, Canada. Canada. Why would you not know not to wear the right clothing when you get off the plane? Yeah, that's just dumb. And then they just layer up and then Dougie Doug just puts himself in a duffel bag too. What does a duffel bag have holes that you can put? I know it's
1: got an end. Yeah, it's got a weird,
2: is it like a baseball bat or a cricket bat
1: bag? Uh, Maybe I don't know. Is it beneficial to do that much running and weightlifting that close to the Olympics? Like all that training should have been done prior. It would wipe like you out. While up. they're there for the competition, they show them lifting weights. No amount of weightlifting is going to help you it's at gonna this fuck point. Ya. Yeah, you shouldn't do any weightlifting. And then finally, last thing I had: How hard would it be to carry that sled on the ice over the finish? Because they probably went what like a hundred yards or something—quite a distance—and they carry the sled like above them. Sort well, of y- like you don't
2: want to rest the blades on your shoulder well right that would have been something like <laughs> oh no
1: but they carry the sled like above them it's a and lot and they want and i'm like first off dougie doug looks like he's very much struggling to carry the thing <laughs> and and then the ice is slippery it just seems like a bad idea all around how many times did they have to film that scene so they didn't biff but why not it could have been carry it though why not push it why didn't they just like walk the sled over the finish i don't know like it just I don't know does make sense. What's the legacy of this movie? Legacy is, I'm surprised there isn't a sequel or a reboot. Yeah, thank God. I mean, because at this point, it Cooler would be ins. crazy to do it, what are we, 30 years later? Yeah. Okay, so I don't know. It's just surprising that they never did it. So yeah, it's a good one. It, I think it holds up well enough. There's nothing really that's like ultra dated in it. No, I think it seems fine. It's fine, so. This movie seemed more 1988 than
2: Donnie Darko seemed 1988. Yeah, good point. It did a lot. Yeah.
1: Yeah, because this movie was filmed in 93 but it's supposed to be 88 so yeah see more 88 than donnie dargo i agree i agree all right stick around for some plugs
3: there are lots of ways to pull for the u.s olympic team the easiest is when you pull out your visa card because whenever you use visa we'll make a donation to the team so pull for the team And if you go to the 88 Winter Olympics in Calgary, bring your camera and your Visa card because the Olympics don't take place all the time. And this time, the Olympics don't take American Express. Visa, it's
2: everywhere you want to be. Cool seniors, once again, thank you for listening to this episode of the show and all of the other ones in our back catalog. And you can find those on Apple, Spotify, Podbean, Podbay, and wherever you get your podcasts from because we are there and never forget to like comment subscribe rate and follow on facebook join the pool Sceneers group for exclusive content you will get it there first instagram twitch threads tiktok and youtube at pool scene podcast we are all over the place so you will never get one opportunity to miss us anytime
1: anywhere and as always back to kevin final lap guy you were there in calgary in
2: 88 yeah the final lap
1: So I saw Disney's Wish and Disney is failing massively because they are unable to make something that is not a sequel or a remake. And when they do, they convince themselves that it has to go straight to streaming. So I'm going to spoil Wish for anybody that wanted to watch it. I don't know who listens. Maybe you're seeing it with your kids and you don't want it spoiled. But essentially, Wish is a movie that Disney made in celebration of 100 years of Disney. It is a fucking, it's revealed in the end, the twist is it is a pre- Equal to the other Disney movies. <sighs> it's the origin story of the fairy godmother and the guy inside the magic mirror. And it is quality-wise, in my opinion, this movie feels like when my kids used to go to my mom's house, my mom would always like pick up like thrift store, dollar store DVDs for them to watch. That's like what it reminds me of. It's yeah, like they this, mailed it in. The story and the pacing just is like reminds me of like a like a dollar store animated movie. It just isn't good. And but Disney's got this thing where they're convincing themselves like everything has to be connected. Everything has to be like a shared universe. Other companies are lapping them because we saw two movies in the same day. We saw Trolls 3. Trolls 3? I mean, not the best movie I've ever seen, but fun. It's at least they're like, let's make a fun movie so everybody has a good time. Yeah. And like Disney just takes everything so serious and they're like, no, it's got to be a prequel, and we got to do six more of these. It's like, it's the Pixar problem. They're making a Toy Story 5. Why? 3 ended it perfectly. 4 ended it perfectly fucking don't touch it leave it alone did i
2: hear a report saying that possible the story for a toy story 5 is andy's grown up and he's going back to get all his old toys again so it's us yeah basically it's it's a nostalgia movie
1: yeah i and i i don't know i mean i just the next pixar movie inside out 2 there's three cars movies So Stop. Yeah. Make an original movie. Stop. The other thing that that looks bad is that we saw a preview in front of Wish that was for a Disney movie called Elio or Elio. Okay. And we saw a pretty extensive scene. That movie has been delayed now and pushed back an additional year. Never a good sign. No, never a good sign if there's that much of a movie complete and you're pushing it back. It usually means it's not very good. Well, I just hope they don't write it off for taxes. I, yeah. Disney has not done that yet. Hopefully they won't. So I want to promote something
2: real quick here, especially our buddy Shane and our buddies, uh, it's a Youngstown Comedy Syndicate. Coming up December 15th, 7pm a very cork and cap comedy Christmas featuring the likes of Tim Wolfe, Jason Moliterno Josh Winters, Eric Lewis, Matt Liller, Chief Matt Liller, I should say Aaron Scardine and of course the ringmaster himself Shane Herman down at the cork and cap Elm Road Warren I Think I'm going to try to make I'm it I'm planning on going yeah I think Kevin and I will be there in attendance maybe if there's extra stage time maybe I'll jump up on stage that Shane if I can I'm kind of starting to write some stuff so you know come on out check out the comics it's always a great time the house is always filled right before Christmas come get a couple drinks come enjoy some yuck yucks and we will also be there in attendance so come on down check us out
1: all right that sounds great I again come come hang out with us at the very least come say hi to us and stick around support you know a couple people who've been on the podcast Josh Shane Matt Lillard have all been on yeah and Eric's gonna be on here soon so so, yeah definitely come check it out hang out Cork Cap I think has a bunch of good beer and stuff so okay well next week I'm heading towards a milestone Yeah, you are old man Turn 40 Welcome Very depressing But in the spirit of uh, Wayne from Letter Candy I want to have a super soft birthday (laughs) I I decided for once in my life I'm going to make a big deal out of my birthday because I normally am just like dreading it and don't care. So next week, we're going to have a couple of special guests on. I'm going to enjoy some beverages and cover one of my top three, four, five favorite movies. great. And uh, we're going to have a really good time. But until then, a very early Christmas silencio.